Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an oft-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. Good morning, everyone. I'm meteorologist Jerry, and with me I'm Colin. Dang. The guy's a Navy SEAL. I'm not talking about you there. That's You're a meteorologist. You're not the Navy yeah. SEAL. I only even caught that line because I had the closed captioning on. So that was uh, that was the guy in the news, right? Yeah, they're in the corner store. They do the news report about the some sort of killing, I think. And then it's like, and now we've got your weekend forecast. Good morning, everyone. I'm meteor. It just says meteorologist Jerry. Like you don't hear his last. <laughs> Everyone's got to have a brand. <laughs> you know, some sometimes musicians just go by one name, like Seal. Yeah, Seal, Cher, Madonna. France, Bodie. Who's Bodie? He's on uh, this season of The Voice. He's pretty good. Oh, Cisco. Is, isn't that like a, a brand of grease? That's Crisco. Mm. Also, a Cisco is name. Cisco is the thong song. Are is you that by the thong song? Is it by Notorious B.I.G.? Is that why I don't know it? No, it's by Cisco. You don't know the thong <laughs> song, bro? Are we doing this again? Where have I been? Okay, listen, I was raised in a cult, okay? I missed out on a lot of this stuff. Oh, also, uh, Mitch isn't here. He... <laughs> I guess we should address that. Oh, yeah, Mitch Mitch is gone. Anyway, we, you don't need to listen to the thong song now, but I have put it in the group chat because it, it's a it's a banger. It goes, it goes pretty hard. Oh, that's not um, how I was expecting Cisco to be spelled. That's sick. Yeah, it's also a capital Q sometimes, but not all the time. I heard a few seconds just now. I like this song. Yeah, you do already? But I don't know if I know it. Did you like skip to the middle? Yeah, I don't think I know it, bro. How? This is just a fascinating like, no. mini cultural blind songs. spot we found. People have to send me songs for uh, the playlist of tunes that are huge that i never caught and then i'm just gonna but how didn't you catch it list. is what i'm wondering like because you I don't know, know so much i know sometimes you've listened uh, to so much weezer how don't you that, know well, the thong that's song? That, well that's what i was busy doing <laughs> weezer's the thong song album i bet you you ask who knows the thong song i bet it's entirely people who haven't listened to the full discography of weezer the full disc well i think a lot of people haven't listened to the full discography of weezer that, well that's my point because the thong song people. is popular so a lot of people know it right so you're saying like a lot of people maybe dipped out of weezer's weaker years yeah they were like fuck this i'm gonna try out the thong song yeah it's a bad weezer album the hurley black one no black one is people, the black one's good yeah i just assumed people didn't like the new stuff and well, i that's, think yeah, the black yeah. one is new yeah, no, yeah, that's totally true, and I, I bet you many people will say the Black Album is bad, but, uh, but I'm like the only that. one on this podcast. Mitch isn't here. Don't know how he feels about the Black Album, but I will. Stand I don't up think for Mitch it. knows that. Um, I can't believe they have an album whose cover is the guy from Lost. <laughs> I know that's yeah, totally, that, that, like, I can't believe they that did one is that. Hurley. That's that's the bad one. I say. Is it bad? What makes it bad? I think it's bad. The production is really rough. Like it, it was like they tried to do. They produced it themselves, I think, which is the first time they did that since Pinkerton. They produced Pinkerton themselves, and Pinkerton oh, really? sounds awesome. But Hurley, uh, it just it doesn't work for the songs on Hurley, and 
uh, a lot of them just sound really uh, half-baked. Um, like, is it a uh, rough, like, DIY kind of production style? Like, was it, like, harsh, or is it, like... No, it's more like it's it, it sounds like it was produced and, and mixed by, like, people who are trying to make it sound really polished and good and just don't know what they're doing. Whereas oh, Pinkerton sounds like it was recorded from the get-go to sound like guys jamming in a room. Yeah, but that's why I don't understand why you would opt to self-produce if you wanted, like, really high polish. Yeah, and I guess I guess they didn't, but they it's got just people for that. It's just the way that it's constructed. It's and maybe it's like this the songs are much poppier, so they sound like they should have a cleaner production, perhaps. Um uh, but it still has some good songs on it. I mean, I'm a Weezer diehard, so I think there's good stuff on every album. But yeah. As a whole, that's that one's near the bottom. Shout out to Rivers. We love you, Rivers. I bet you actually know, you know what? I was going to say, I bet you Rivers doesn't know the Thong song just because he's like a very, uh, he He actually did grow up in a cult for a little bit, but... Wait, um, a cult? We don't have time to get into this, but Rivers Cuomo grew up in a cult? Maybe maybe he wouldn't call it a cult, and maybe it shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't call it a cult, but he grew up in like some sort of like isolated commune, kind of. At least when he was a a kid kid. I think by the time he was in high school, he was out... Wow. I mean, his, his name is Rivers Cuomo, so. Yeah. I guess you're right. That's the red flag. Oh, he grew up here in a in an ashram. I don't know what that is. Which is to, to, defined by Wikipedia as a spiritual hermitage or a monastery in Indian religions. But this ashram was in uh, Pomfret, Connecticut. Yeah, see, if it were in india i'd be like perfectly regular thing yeah yeah but then when he was 10 he moved to oh no when he was 10 he didn't relocate to virginia the uh the whole group did the whole town what the fuck why isn't this a podcast about rivers Cuomo's life? <laughs> relocated to virginia what is going on and then he changed his name to Peter Kitts and then reverted to his original name. Dude, I don't know a lot about this guy as much as I love the band, apparently. Damn. Well, I did have a segue planned for earlier, but this is significantly more interesting. So I guess I should save the segue for another time. I was going to say, you know, if we're getting into production and like mixing and how how things sound and how you're listening, I guess we picked a good movie for this particular week really leans into those things yeah 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 and i didn't i didn't watch this one with headphones and maybe that was a mistake of mine i didn't either i i had the thought um because for the original don't breathe because we watch don't breathe too um i actually wrote a paper you know this but maybe the listener doesn't i wrote a paper in a film class that i think we were both in maybe mitch Uh, no i don't think so Yeah, yeah you and mitch um, the other but guy. I, I wrote specifically about the, like the audio mixing of the first movie and how they're utilizing it in the story and in the way that they're presenting the movie to create additional tension, basically, and like that it was like a mastery of that particular, like style, was the gist of what I was getting at, like how effective, um the way your audio mix can elevate like the visual of a particular thing and how it was doing a lot of the work of building the tension and stuff like that. So I've watched that movie with headphones on more than once. 
Uh, so this might be the most prepared you've ever been for for uh, a sequel on this show. It's possible um, in, terms in terms of, of familiarity like, with the original. Yeah, you could probably say that it's probably one of the only ones I've written a paper about. Surely, that seems like a pretty small pool of potential films to pick from. That and uh, Cat People would be the only one. Cat People. We've been working on that paper about um, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 for a couple yeah, years now. But That's going to be a real smash. Dude, when it comes out, Rivers, watch out. Your career is done, bud. <laughs> Recovers That's from right. Weezer. That's right. <laughs> with, uh, with the Mary Lou paper. But um, yeah, so that was cool. Uh, Don't Breathe is a movie that I think uh, is pretty sick. And... Uh, yeah, so like, what do you think about the movie uh, in in general? You say the uh, the audio mixing is masterful, but uh, just in general, do you like it? It's cool. Yeah, it's like it was really interesting at the time seeing a movie with such like an exploitative premise manage to have a twist that was equally exploitative in a completely different regard. Uh, on the one hand but also just like it's just a really well-made movie um it was relatively early in my like i'm getting back into horror movies experience when i watched don't breathe and it it really sold me on a lot and i think uh, what i realized like some modern movies were doing but it's just there's something cool about he's not quite a slasher villain i wouldn't go that far but like there's something fascinating about having your villain essentially just be like a very competent guy <laughs> you know like he can just fuck you up and having the added layer of his blindness and in such a reliance on listening and audio and not making sound like it's just a very unique premise and i think that core group of original characters is interesting They're like yeah, yeah we can rob a blind guy and it's like not so fast i wouldn't um so i think the premise is really interesting i think it executes on everything really well i think those core performances are all good of course um you know, who could forget? We got Dylan Minnette in that movie. Everybody loves that guy. <laughs> now he's I in do. Scream. I do. I, I do really like him. Yeah, there's a guy named Money in Don't Breathe, which I think is funny. Um, <laughs> no, I think that first movie is really good. Like, really, really good. And I think it holds up still. Um, I say that like it's super old. I know it's like six years old, but like, I think it's, if you haven't seen Don't Breathe, I think people should watch it. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm actually um I'm looking at our old chat here. I, I looked up Don't Breathe and uh Am I full of like, shit? <laughs> no, no, no. You're totally right. It's just cool that like to see us talking about this movie way back in the day and like you're you're deciding what movie to pick. So you're you're asking me about um what movies a horror movie that has good sound design, because I guess you were looking for one to watch, and I, I suggested yeah. um the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. I that'd, be a good one. that'd be a gross one. It'd be all yeah. kind of yeah, sounds. Yeah. I suggested uh, the original Alien. I suggested a movie called Barbarian Sound Studio. Uh, you, you asked me if I've seen The Witch. You see, I feel like I heard good things about The Witch. So this is back That movie in the does day. have good sound. And then, yeah, because then I watched The Witch and then I watched it immediately again the next day. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You talk about how you've been putting off the paper for so long that you just want to write it tonight. I said that I think you were think you say here you were thinking about doing It Follows. I said Texas Chainsaw is a safer bet than It Follows in terms of uh, sound design. You said you want a modern example because it looks like you're mentioning a couple movies in your yeah. paper. Okay. 
And then I tell you about uh, Don't Breathe, and I say it might be worth a skim as to clicking through the movie. Yeah, and then, and I, then I watched it. All in. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Um, a lot of good movies in there. Some I still haven't watched, but that was just a that's just a good old pile of movies. Yeah, yeah. If people definitely. are looking for stuff to watch tonight after listening to this podcast, I've got great news. You yeah. can go watch uh, Barbarian. Uh, what did you just say? Barbarian Sound S- Barbarian Sound Studio <laughs> Studio. What is that a movie about? It's uh, about a dude who works doing the audio mixing in the se- in the seventies for horror movies, and then he kind of starts going crazy. Yeah, that is a, that's a very cool idea. It's also crazy how many conversations that have, we have had in our friendship are logged <laughs> and like searchable. Like, isn't oh, that fucking man. crazy? I know like... a lot, a lot. Oh my gosh, wanna? Uh, I met this girl um, who lived in my town in in t- like twenty uh, twenty twelve. I met her electronically, and we we struck up a um, uh, conversation on Facebook, and we never met in person. She lived in my town. I was just I was too afraid to meet her, not because I thought she was gonna kidnap me, but just because I was insecure. And so um, we became really close friends, and all of our conversations, literally everything we ever said to each other or uh any interaction we ever had was documented until 2021 and wow. i was just blew my mind that that can happen in uh nowadays it, it's pretty cool yeah that's bananas yeah dear listener so don't breathe, uh, so don't breathe. I was gonna say, go search your friends' chats, see how, see what your friendships are like. Yeah, just type in a word and see what happens. It's kind of fun. Yeah, type in uh, tree hmm. and just see what's in there. I think tree is a good prompt. Uh, but don't breathe. Yeah, absolutely. You had a big don't breathe head as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw don't breathe in the theater, so I I haven't seen it with yeah, headphones. That must actually, have been crazy, but, but it head- was crazy. Yeah. Um, I've only seen it the one time. Uh, it was it was right when I moved to to the city we're in now. Actually, Ottawa. I moved here. Um, well, we we had our first year in university, and then I took my summer at home. I came back for a second year of university, and I moved in to the bedroom you're in right now, Corey. Damn. And uh, the first night I arrived, I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I was in a new neighborhood. I I'm such a minimalist packer. I didn't prepare at all. So I didn't have a bed. I didn't have a desk. I was sleeping on a blanket on the floor in that giant spacious bedroom you're in. But just picture oh, that with nothing in it and just a blanket. Yeah. And a I can on the because floor. They're, after you took all your stuff when you That's right. In, I did. I basically did that, but I had a air bed. The air bed, yes. Of a blanket. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how it was for you, but it's Why were we living a, such Spartan lives? Yeah, kind of sad times. <laughs> yeah. And so, I'll tell you right now, I wasn't doing great, if that's right. what you're wondering. Yeah. So at least I had Don't Breathe to pick me up. I, uh, I, I learned that there was a, cine- uh, a cinema. This is a really close. cineplex scope. That's right. <laughs> And so I just I, I I walked to it. It was a new horror movie that was that was out that weekend, and I didn't uh, I didn't know what else to do with myself. So I just went to see this Don't Breathe movie, and I I thought it was awesome. Um, I I was not prepared for it at all. Like it it was so strange, even at that time, to have a wide release horror movie that that isn't attached to a franchise and uh, or wasn't. Um, yeah yeah it wasn't my gosh and uh it was clearly made with money and uh 
I, I wasn't really online much at that point, so I hadn't seen anything about what the movie entails or how people think about it. And so it was just a very pure, very pure experience. And um, I was really, uh, really blown away by it. Um, the twists and turns it takes. And uh, there's a, a very exploitative twist uh, near the end, or maybe a reveal less than a twist. And uh, I was just so shocked seeing that in a theater. Um, and so yeah. the movie is always stuck in my head in that way. And it's always stuck in my head as just being such a strong, I don't know what I'd call it, like a gimmick movie that kind of makes it seem like the movie isn't, uh, it has a gimmick though. Like, it, yeah, the sound design is the gimmick. It like, is, it is. And so like before I watched don't breathe Two tonight, I watched it with, with my partner, Brianna, and she hasn't seen the first one. So I read her the plot of the first one on Wikipedia, like beginning to end, just so she would kind of know, uh, where, where, where we are with characters and stuff. And once we were done, um, she was like, I don't understand why the movie is called don't breathe. And I realized that in reading the plot, you don't actually get the the hook of the movie which right. is the experiential hook is the yeah. needing to be quiet yes yes like, needing yeah. to be quiet there's a there's a there's a blind guy living in this house um but he is also uh very adept at at killing people and so they had these these robbers have to be quiet and i also really love the way that the movie plays with like who is good and who's bad and whose side you're on i'll talk about that more when we talk about don't breathe too but it's just a, it's just a really uh really engrossing interesting uh complex movie like if not thematically then just experientially and so i, th I think it's a great time and i think that um it'll probably uh have uh if it hasn't already had a second life you know i'm sure i'm sure years from now it'll be one that the people bring up and are like you, you guys have to see this movie because it really is an experience yeah <clears throat> i think you're right i think this is also one of the few times on the podcast we're returning to a filmmaker um in this case he didn't end up being the director but uh fede alvarez directed the first one wrote this one um and a lot of the creative team there's a bunch of overlap which i think is neat um i feel like we don't get to do that a lot as in uh, like from the original to the sequel the team from the original to the, the sequel there's yeah there's a lot of that but also like we've seen his work before in a separate movie on this show like there's both threads because evil dead um which we did the the 20 what year was that i don't know 2013 yeah he did that and, so. and also the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from uh, 2022. He 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 was like a, a story it. guy and producer yeah. guy. Yeah. So like we, it, I feel like we don't get to be that thorough with a creative person much on this show. Or if we do, it's like not necessarily somebody who we're fans of. It's like a Brian Levant or something. And we're just like, well, this oh, kind of what a sucks. pull! Remind, <laughs> remind me who Brian Levant is. He's Christmas Story, too. Oh, and oh, also in yeah. a couple other things. I, I don't even. I actually feel like I need to pay him due diligence now. Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas is the other one, right? Yeah, yeah. Somehow he's both. He deserves to be put in jail, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I'm sorry, sir. There's no statute of limitations on Flintstones <laughs> Viva Rock Vegas, dude. It's it's a tough scene, but um, yeah. So I was excited about that. The problem is, 
I feel very strongly that this movie did not need a sequel or did I feel very strongly that it did not make sense to sequelize this movie. So that right. was a and, hurdle and, for me. And you me. felt that before we watched this movie, right? You didn't want to see this movie. I actually, yeah. So this movie got announced and the decision that they make, which is a bold one, is that the blind man from the first movie is now the protagonist. Um, I think that's a very strange decision. And it immediately made me kind of check out because I think... I think at the time, it just didn't make any sense to me. For anybody who doesn't know, we'll spoil the end of Don't Breathe, just so the context is here, if you haven't seen it. Uh, but skip this next, I don't know, like 30 seconds if you don't know. But um, he was going to like torture and artificially inseminate a woman that he kidnapped with a turkey baster to try right. to replace inseminator with a turkey baster not kidnapped yeah. with a turkey baster right yeah the, uh, that would be impressive other means um but uh like he's a bad fucking guy and i'm not saying that you can't have a morally complex protagonist but w- why are we sequelizing this movie why is this like the narrative hook and i was convinced at the time that there was no way to make a movie with that as your lead that was of interest to me so I just sort of resolved to be like, I'm not going to feed the studio's money on this one. And I just didn't see it. Uh, and I I steadfastly held that belief up until it's true. now. Yeah, I, th- I think we, we even we I might have brought up seeing it uh, and doing it on the pod right when it came out. And, um, and yeah, I was he, like, I didn't want to because I thought that I just. And so it's not like uh, a- how did you like, how do you? How did you know that he was the protagonist? Is it like him being on the poster or is it clear in the trailer or what? I think I when they were announcing it and stuff, like I had read like a bit of a plot teaser kind of thing. And they they do make very clear that that's the movie. Like they're not hiding that that's what the movie's about. And I don't I'm not trying to be like moralistic or say that like you can't have a movie be about somebody who's bad. But when that happened, I when they made that creative decision, I just didn't understand. Um, and it it just didn't sit right with me. It felt like it felt pointless because I didn't think it could be narratively interesting and also just like it didn't appeal to me. Like I found nothing like engaging there i just thought it was stupid and then they would have to just sort of like double up double down rather on like how like a gross and weird it is and that i just wasn't interested and because that baseline for that protagonist like making that the protagonist seemed so like creatively weird as the decision i assumed it was just like you know studios mandated we got to make some money here and i was just i don't know i was just turned off by it i guess Fair enough. Yeah. My my perspective was that um I was more disappointed that Jane Levy wasn't coming back. She was the survivor yeah, um yeah. protagonist of the first movie and the first movie ends with her being alive and going to a new city with her sister um and with uh Stephen Lang's blind man character also being alive. And so I thought that this is going to set up a great 
um, this could set up a franchise. You know, I, I, I didn't I didn't come away from the first movie needing to see more, but I thought um, when Don't Breathe Two was first being flirted with, I thought, oh, that makes a lot of sense because we've established uh, a really formidable cool bad guy and we also have a great uh lead in the movie and um so when i heard that she wasn't coming back and he was being shifted to the main character role i felt like some of the dynamic was likely going to be lost but i was still sort of curious as to how they were gonna handle him not being the uh um I don't even know what you would call him because in that first movie, like I said, I really like how they play with whose side are we on? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Because our protagonists are these three criminals who are breaking into a house for uh, um, different reasons. And some of them, like Jane Levy's character, wants to get money to help her sick sister. Um, So there's... A bit of moralizing going on there. Doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the character Money. Oh, you know what he wants? He's Um, in for that cash, baby. And and so and then so when the blind man ends up being uh, um, so uh, capable of fighting back, that's one cool twist. And then it turns out that the blind man is um, actually—he's like a rapist psycho. (laughs) Exactly. I I think it's such a cool reveal, and it's such a cool. like constantly throughout the movie i'm like whose side am i on here i'm trying to figure it out and by the end of the movie you might be on uh now you're on the robber's sides and maybe you weren't at the beginning of the movie or maybe you weren't halfway through the movie so i think it's really cool the way that the the movie uh plays with perceptions and so i thought that it don't breathe too. Um, having the blind man as your more main character, I didn't think it was dead on arrival, but I was uh, I was both skeptical and curious as to how they were going to handle it. Now with everything out in the open, and we know who he is, um, yeah. I was very curious. But I was also I was willing to give it a shot. I wasn't as immediately excited because of. Jane Levy's absence, but I was willing to give it a shot because you know these horror franchises, uh, people come back for for you know Jason and and Michael Myers. They become the face of the franchise, but every movie still has uh, either a new main character or a character carrying over from the first movie, um, and so you end up having multiple people who you kind of go to the movie for like a recent example, terrifier Two. art. The clown is our main awful antagonist, yeah, but that we is spend what a whole lot of time for. with him. You're yeah. there for him, but that movie also brings in a new protagonist who wasn't in the first movie. And now she is set up. Um, it seems to be in future installments and she wasn't even in the first movie. And so I, I was very curious as to how this movie was actually going to handle this character who was on the poster. I was curious as to how much of a role he was going to have, if he was going to be redeemed or not. I, I, I thought it would be a mistake to try to redeem him. Um, but I didn't know who the main character was going to be otherwise. Um, cause that first don't breathe movie kind of really, the hook is that we don't know who the blind guy is and we get these new characters and now we know who the blind guy is and he's on the poster. So it, it's all very confusing to me, but I was very curious as to, to see how they would handle it. Yeah. Also, we're not being dismissive. The character is largely just called the blind man. 
we're not. Yeah, just, does he have a name? We're not just choosing to do that. I don't know if he has a name. So, uh, Wikipedia tells me Norman Nordstrom. I don't know what oh. that's from. Yeah, no, they they say that in the second one. Yeah, they do. No, but I've um, heard it. Yeah, yeah, but um. So to tee all that up, this movie has the blind man and a daughter, or at least a a, a girl. <laughs> a girl is there now. A little girl is here. Um, who he is like survival training and sort of keeping separated from the outside world, but she gets glimpses of it. He's being very protective um, of Phoenix. And then <laughs> I guess there's no other way to describe it other than just like say what happened, but it just sounds kind of silly to just put it this way. She goes to town with a friend of theirs and in the bathroom, she is confronted by a guy who works for a gang that is helping harvest organs from people. Yeah, he doesn't say that immediately. It doesn't like no. say on his, he doesn't give her a card that says, "Hi, my name is Organ <laughs> I harvest killer. organs." Yeah. I harvest organs. But there's a gang going around, and a doctor has recently been indicted, or they're seeking him to like jail him for organ harvesting from people. And uh, the the woman that takes Phoenix to town makes a bad impression on this gang, and they decide, okay, we're gonna go fuck with these people. Turns out there's more reason as to why they are there. Um, but so the blind man and Phoenix are at home, and this gang comes to like steal her, basically to harvest her organs, and he fights back. The reveal that we get is that one of the gang members is that girl's biological father and she was just sort of taken by the blind man and sort of raised as his own like intentionally withholding information about her past life and then he the Raylan the dad the gang member dad wants wants her back but they only want her back to harvest her organs so her mom can live so there's this back and forth about that and then he's trying to rescue her because he's got this attachment to this daughter that is the stand-in for the family that he lost uh and then that all kind of comes to a head in a few different like climactic fights essentially is the gist of the movie um and i guess i'll do a quick uh cast and crew as well so we can get down to business if it sounds like we we pick up the clip a little bit here we are in like a mild time crunch for this one not a significant one we got a little bit of flexibility just not not as much as we always sometimes have but um a lot of familiar names uh coming our way uh Corey movie, price transportation captain god i on hey if if you're listening to this and you're directing a movie i would love to be your transportation captain and then put that credit on that guy's imdb <laughs> yes. just say say he did it but i did it you know this i think that's really what i'm best suited for on a film set trans, captain of transportation uh, You've given me rides places before. You're good at I, it. I drive people around all the time, and you everyone, people everyone who's ever them. done that can tell you about it. So I think that's an okay track record. <laughs> um, <laughs> they do have to call me Captain though when they get in the car, which I call the barge. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Maybe I do call my car that now. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, I like the that. barge. I kind of like that actually. I've been waiting to name my new car the barge. That might be it. In any case, this movie was directed by uh, Roto Sagayas. Roto no. the Barge Sagayas. I'm sorry I said his name wrong. Sayagas. Put the uh, syllable in the wrong spot. Uh, we actually primarily know him as a writer. 
uh, for the original Don't Breathe, and also Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Nice. I liked that movie, so good start. Uh, this like movie is, breathe. is written by Rodo Saiguez and Fede Alvarez, who we've talked about on Evil Dead. Don't Breathe as well. He's the producer on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Uh, this movie is edited by Jan Kovac, uh, who was an assistant editor on Pig. Uh, which I want to see really bad still. Still have not. That's on me. Uh, the cinematography is by Pedro uh, Luque, who also did Don't Breathe, uh, did Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, uh, ABCs mm. of Death 2, the segment for the letter E, and the 2019 Jacob's Ladder. Okay. That's, uh, that's a lot of TMAO content. Extremely TMAO content. Do we and know then, what the letter uh, E stands for in that in that one? We can find out. Electrocution. Eels. I, do the letters stand for something? I've never seen one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every letter stands for something. ABCs of death two. Equilibrium. E is for equilibrium. Interesting. It appears to be about castaways on an island. Well, that's interesting. Cool. Huh. These are all from different countries, apparently, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we got to do the second one on the pod. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm down. T is for torture porn in this movie, and that's the one from Canada. Hey. <laughs> so, actually, there's a couple from Canada. I'm noticing there's a bunch all in a row right at the end that are all Canada. <laughs> They're all fucking just give them the X, Y, Z. Well, we got T, we got T, U, V, W, and Z. We got Z specifically, not Z. Just for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, but, uh, uh, and the music is by, uh, Roque Banos, who, uh, did The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, uh, The Girl of the Spider's Web, which was also worked on by Fede Alvarez. And uh, if you can believe it, uh, don't breathe. <laughs> um, then we've got Stephen Lang playing the blind man who was in, uh, most famously, uh, Jarhead 2, Field of Fire. <laughs> and also uh, Avatar, uh, one of the most popular movies ever made. <laughs> it's, it's true. Shout out to the goat James fucking Cameron one time. Oh, I know. When this comes out, what are we, two weeks away from Avatar 2? Are we just doing it in December, even though it's not a Christmas movie? <laughs> I've definitely thought about it, bro, but I think it'll be in theaters all twenty twenty. If Top if so. Top Gun is still in theaters, like Avatar: The Way of the Water is going to be in theaters until like twenty twenty four. Also, yeah, and also like I would rather contribute to like it still being number one at the box office in its second month than I would it having like a massive opening. Weekend. Opening, so yeah. maybe January will do it. Okay. Uh, he's also in uh, Hostiles, Manhunter, Tombstone. Uh, Brendan Sexton III uh, plays Raylan. He's in uh, Boys Don't Cry and Empire Records. Uh, and also Russian Doll. Uh, he has a part in Black Hawk Down. Uh, three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The Runaways. Uh, seven Psychopaths. Dude gets around. Yeah, some good movies. Yeah. 
Uh, Madeline Grace plays Phoenix. Uh, she hasn't done much yet, but she is a child, so that's to be expected. Uh, we've got Adam Young as Jim Bob and Bobby Schofield as Jared. Okay. Uh, Rocky Williams as Duke, who was in uh, Wrath of Man, Angel Has Fallen, and King Arthur Legend of the Sword, which, to be precise, is the Charlie Hunnam King Arthur movie, not one of the other ones. Wow. That's massive uh, TMAO material. Extremely. Uh, Christian Zagia plays Raul, who also plays Raul in Don't Breathe One. <laughs> oh, true. I I yeah. I uh I didn't remember him, but I figured there would likely be uh some drug dealer dude back, but I d- I didn't recognize him. Yeah, uh, and then we've got Stefan Rodri as the surgeon, Stephanie uh, Arcia as Hernandez. Uh, Diana Babnikova as Billy and Fiona O'Shaughnessy as Mother, who is in Gretel and Hansel, which I mentioned just because we talk about it all the time. And also uh, Warlock 3, The End of Innocence. Wow. Which is a great title for a movie. That is a great title. And of course, we have meteorologist Jerry as uh, Meteorologist Jerry. Uh, Yeah, that's true. He's just playing himself, which I think is pretty sick. Um... Yeah, I guess that's kind of it. That's all the setup you need, you know? Um, what'd you think? What'd you think about it? I was thinking if Mitch were here, I could see this being one where I was maybe asked to go first because I had like the displeasure of considering watching the movie when you picked it, but because it's like it's just it's a it's an OG style. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the power that I have in this two sure. man system. Yeah, yeah. And it should be noted that Mitch also confided in a set that he was not looking forward to this either. I don't know if it was for the same reasons. I don't know if he's seen the first movie. That's the but, one thing um, I feel like we're missing is why did why was Mitch apprehensive? Yeah, because yeah. I, I at least had history. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but I'll, I'll do all I can. Unfortunately, I. Uh, I cannot be as positive as I as I hoped I would be. I kind of got to, I don't know, eat some crow on this one, maybe. This one, Corey, it kind of feels like uh, the inverse of how you and I went into Cats, the 2019 movie Cats. Okay, yeah. Because for Cats, you were, you were kind of uh, inquisitive and excited about it based on the trailers and just kind of how wild it looked. Um, and I... Was based horrifying. on the trailer thought thought that it looked terrible i thought it was going to be terrible i didn't want to watch it um and, and then I, I forced you to go to a movie theater to watch it no less <laughs> and then covid happened um <laughs> maybe i caused coronavirus by virtue of just being unfair about the movie cats yeah. <laughs> we can't rule that out so so i i really didn't want to see that movie and i came away hating it but what you know what did i expect i couldn't be disappointed um <laughs> Whereas I feel like this one, uh, Don't Breathe, I went in with a cat's mindset, a Corey cat's mindset, where I was kind of excited about it, and I ended up just getting catsed anyway. Uh, and I did have a Liam cat's mindset, to be fair, going into this. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. was not, you know. Yeah. Um, and now I uh, I gave it the benefit of the doubt going in, and and I feel like it's, it's sort of um, what I... I feared it would be in terms of concept, in terms of uh, 
unnecessary sequelization. Um, I think this is just a really bland, um, uninteresting, and uh, unnecessary movie. I think that it totally uh, wastes the the don't breathe hook that is in the first one. And it's not super surprising that it wastes it. It barely uses it relative right, to the first right. movie. And so like, how are you going to do that again? Like I said, that first movie is so specific and it's dynamic. And so I was curious about how are they, how are they going to make this movie worth watching? Um, and it turns out that they did something uh, quite different where it's not a remake of the first movie, which is a sequel direction they could have gone in. And I think I actually would have, would have preferred it on, Honestly, um, this movie starts us with with the blind man um, and it starts us with his daughter. And I was OK with that. I I liked that we had this daughter character. And that's sort of what I what I was talking about, where I was saying sequels sometimes introduce a new protagonist, uh, a foil to to the antagonist you're familiar with. And this kind of seemed like it was it was going to be that. So I was I was in it for for a little bit in this movie. But then when the action starts when we get the the home invasion uh, set piece. Um, even though I was I was technically impressed by some of it, like there's a really cool tracking shot. Um, so that like technically this movie feels at least um, uh, what's the word uh, competent. It feels technically competent, but yeah. it actually feels pretty narratively bereft, and so that makes the the technical competence feel. Um, not as impactful as it could otherwise. Like, there's a tracking it's kind of, shot. It's a moot point at that point. Yeah, right? yeah. There, like, there's an initial tracking shot in this movie when some bad guys initially break in, and we're going. The camera like goes through some balusters and some stairs, and it goes through an ajar bedroom door, and then the door, uh, like the door doesn't move, and I'm like, how did the camera go in there? And the phoenix is hiding in different places um and it's all just one long shot and it's really cool technically mm. but i have no idea what the stakes are because this is just there's just some cartoonish uh comical caricatures uh of bad guys breaking into this house um and i just think that this movie is structured so strangely um i think that a significant retooling uh, could have made this more powerful, but um, I end I ended up feeling really out of it for a lot of the movie. Um, and I even had this one on the big screen. I was ready to go. I know. But, when I but, saw that Instagram story, oh, but I was I, like, man, you're burning a viewing in the in the fancy. That's right. Oh, yeah, in the fancy TV. And yeah. so in the the first movie. It was so cool how I didn't know who to side with, and in this movie, I feel like it's it makes me side with no one, and not even because I don't like anyone, just because it feels like there's so little work done. Um, even even most of the work that's set up at the beginning of the blind man and his daughter, I I don't think that that thread is followed through in a lot of the movie. And then besides that, I think just a lot of the the actiony set pieces in this movie, the stuff that's supposed to be tense, the stuff that is the meat of of that first movie, I think um, that action stuff here, like in this second and third act, is just. Uh, 
kind of cartoonish and laughable and uh, unrealistic. It it feels like these are like video game action movie scenes, like where the the with the tank of water and the live wire. I don't know why people are doing what they're doing. Um, I I was I was really really disappointed by this movie. He puts that wire in. He's like, I'm th- like, he threatens to put it in, and then haphazardly dangles it over the thing, and then lets it go and walks away. And it's like, then what was the threat? If you're okay with just letting it fall in, you know, then why were you threatening to maybe drop it in if you're not even going to hold it to make sure it doesn't accidentally electrocute her? Yeah, you know? yeah. He just has to let the the blind man know that yeah. he's doing it so he can save her afterwards. Yeah. And then, and then I don't understand why he's he's uh, very nearly killing this girl because it turns out that there's the whole plan is supposed to keep this girl alive. Maybe I missed something, but that no, didn't make sense to me either. <laughs> so what was um, he doing? I don't know. I don't think they know. Um, so I'm not particularly interested in taking a victory lap on this one or anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it disappointment as I had no expectations. Uh, even that wasn't met somehow though. This is nothing. This is just nothing. That's, that's the biggest issue with this is that there's nothing to it at all. You know what I mean? Um, at least something that is bad in an interesting way gives you something to chew on aside from raw estimations of like objective quality and you can really dig into some stuff this is what if we did everything that had to do with don't breathe one but competently but worse with less focus and precision within a narrative that you are physically incapable of caring about Mm. that is the bottom line right because my biggest one of my biggest qualms with this sequel existing in the first place is that making the the blind man the protagonist is nonsense um and it's not an interesting exercise in empathy for picking him as a protagonist because we've all seen the first movie uh i was fascinated when you said that brianna hadn't seen the first movie because i was like if you didn't know the first movie i'm sure your experience of this would be very different but in this case, it's just like, so the, you've done nothing to win me over with this man. He And they try to almost like redo the twist again where they're like, see, he's good, but what if he was actually bad because he kidnapped this kid? And it's like, I already think he's bad. <laughs> I saw the first movie. Um, And then they try to do the double with the gang as well and it's like oh it's a real family and whatever oh but they're gonna harvest organs and it's like that exploitative bent doesn't feel like it's capitalizing on anything interesting here there's no surprise that really hooks you as a viewer the story is just not there um it's cliched like when uh the blind man is talking with uh what is even her name hernandez and she's like oh i know it's none of my business and he goes it's right it's none of your business and it's like man this is every movie like it's not attempting to do anything novel and in being a rehash of what was initially a very novel premise it loses that unique quality so it just sort of washes not over you because i feel like washing over you implies like a real sort of ethereal like it envelops you completely like this is like it brushes against you like it just it's like 
this feels like it's like eating white bread just plain there's just nothing there you're you're getting calories but to what end um so i wouldn't say i was disappointed because i had no expectations but like i would almost prefer it to be offensively bad because that's at least something to discuss right but this just has nothing to it i agree yeah and i think um the the exploitative kind of twists reveals that this movie has um that mimic the first one are are sort of needless and are just um ghostly pointing reminding you of the twist in the first movie i think that first movie is an exploitation movie and i think um that's part of why i was willing to give this movie the benefit of the doubt is because that first movie is ends up being really sleazy and i so i was okay with them uh setting this one up in a way that seemed even sleazier where we're gonna stick with uh the blind man as our protagonist but i think the the issue is in this one's construction that the first movie feels like uh like an art house movie um in its construction and then you've got this exploitative sleazy reveal on top of it whereas this movie doesn't have that craft it doesn't have that nuance um which is kind of ironic because uh, a lot of the same creative people behind the scenes were involved here but this movie feels much more to me like a basic action horror movie um and so by the time these these character reveals happen of like they're stealing the girl for her organs it doesn't feel like nearly as much of a of a gut punch because the whole movie up until that point has felt kind of um uh like uh has felt kind of um brainless and like needless needless the word i wanted to use was needless needless yeah. yeah um and so it just it it doesn't really it doesn't pack the same punch at all like this movie felt it it very much would kind of feels like a, a direct to video sequel that was like made with some of the cast and crew's involvement and i know it it actually had more involvement than that but i mean this feels like those sort of movies we've talked about and the countless movies at the video store in like the early 2000s where you have a sequel that like has one person involved, maybe, maybe has some writers come back, but you just, you can tell it's nowhere near the same quality as the first movie. Um, this totally has that. So in, in that way, I think it's kind of cool that movies like that are like still being made. Um, yeah. but, but it's also, it's disappointing when you're, when you're expecting more than that. This feels direct to video-y, uh, needless sequel. It also kind of felt like the first episode of a TV series based on the movie where you have uh, a couple cast members come back, but but not really the cast members you want to see. It's a totally new story. You're getting introduced to new characters, but like the same way in a first episode of a TV show, the show knows that it doesn't actually have to do that much work because there's going to be hours and hours later to develop these characters. So it just does the bare minimum and is just putting in a few action scenes in order to get you to the end of the episode and then you'll be on to the next episode but this movie doesn't have the next episode um apparently they're working on a third movie so i guess maybe and um, to what end i ask but, yeah <laughs> but why 
why and and even the 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 chunk of the movie of, of the home invasion um I was asking myself, like, are we in the thick of the movie? Is this what the movie is? Because this still feels like a prologue to me. I don't know who any of these bad guys are. I don't know why they're there. And it ends up being, like, the, I guess the point of the movie, that it's supposed to be a mystery until it ends up being revealed. But I don't think the the construction of the movie uh, and, like, playing with sound and stuff is enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and also just like these new characters are n- nothing. There's there's no weight to any of it. And then so you get these like action scenes. I feel like also the the suspense scenes are much more action driven this time around in like fight choreography. Yes, I did I like that. I don't think that was the right choice because mm-hmm. if the gimmick is suspense building through like not jump scare tactics, but the process is the same of like you're building quiet and like pensive feelings that to pivot to like what if it was cool that a blind guy could fight it's like i don't know i'll go watch like a samurai movie for that that was made like 40 years ago because we've been there and we've done that and it's already cool but contextually it doesn't make sense here like just knowing that he's military like doesn't do that and then there's no narrative weight to back up that choice either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like an Ouroboros. Like, it's just like it's feeding in on itself, but not in a way that feels like it's cumulative, like developing into anything. Like, it just, that's why it's just sort of like the movie like hits you and just like it's in one ear and at the other. Like, I feel like I'm already forgetting it. As you said, though, it's very competently made. Like, aesthetically, there's some interesting stuff. There's some cool shots. You know, it doesn't look bad. It's got a style that feels consistent with the first Don't Breathe and with that Evil Dead movie and with that Texas Chainsaw movie. There is like a style at play, but it just doesn't feel like there's anything to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like this is the movie that I was surprised that the original Don't Breathe wasn't. Um, Right. That original Don't Breathe kind of feels like a movie that like someone took all of their life like thinking about and wanting to make and then putting it together you've, you've talked about perfectly. that kind of movie before like the kind of movie where somebody's like if i get to make a movie i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and this is exactly how it's gonna go and it does feel like very sort of considered i guess yeah. would be the word like like it's a bit of a spaghetti uh, not quite a spaghetti at the wall approach in some of them that we describe are, but it's like this person knew exactly what the aim was Yes, yeah, and I think that this movie uh, doesn't have that, or if it does, um, it's just, I guess it's just not the aim I wanted to see. It is a lot more action-oriented. We're not dealing with uh, as small of a cast of characters. Like, um, there are way more just, like, disposable goons here where we're just seeing them get offed. And so, in that way, it sort of is... uh, what I most didn't want the movie to be and and I think what you also didn't want the movie to be and what you thought it might be is that the blind guy becomes this this uh flawed action hero and I, yeah I, I don't I don't want that and I think that um something else could have been done where he could still be your main antagonist and we see him do gnarly stuff but I think you've got to find someone else to hang the heart of the movie on and i think you could still give him these uh 
I guess, I don't know what I'd call them, like humanizing moments. Like you can still give him that speech at the end where he where he talks about his daughter and confess his his adopted daughter or kidnapped daughter um, and like confesses to her that he's murdered and raped and stuff. I think you can you can still have that and, and develop him more. But I don't think it's I don't think that's enough. I think there there needs to be a bit more heart to the story and at the beginning i thought that that was going to be his his daughter who i who i quite liked i liked her as an actress i liked that she had a dog sidekick i liked that she really wanted to make friends and felt yeah. isolated it's just um, why in this movie is the i guess the issue that we're pointing out right like why yeah. here yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think she gets lost a lot in the middle as the 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 goons take over, and we're just seeing them get killed. Um, so it 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 really ended up falling falling apart for me. Just the more that the movie went on. Yeah, it and it just it just feels it it makes it all feel a bit cynical, right? You know that yeah the movie even exists. I don't know. Yeah, we yeah, didn't, and th- we didn't need to do this. No, and and like I I was so curious as to why we need to do it because Don't Breathe was actually a while ago, you know? That was like 6 years ago. Um so I thought they must really have a sweet idea. Um I read a quote that Sam Raimi on the Wikipedia page, he said that he heard the idea for the sequel. He I, thought it was I the was best idea for a sequel that. ever. Sam, can we fucking talk? Like I would, my guy. I, I, maybe something just got lost in translation. Like maybe the pitch for it sounded different than the, the movie came across. Exactly, because I don't think this movie has enough of that. I actually think this is sort of um, a pretty obvious way to continue the story when you've got. Uh, an actor who is so willing and uh, is has kind of a unique physical presence. Um, I think, of course, you're gonna just spend more time with him and and turn him into uh, turn him into the main character of the movie. And I think that it ends up being kind of kind of boring, actually. Yeah, I don't. It, it, what's frustrating too is to me, it doesn't even feel like a missed opportunity. It just feels like the like a prophecy was foretold that this would never work and then people were like ah, i bet i could do it though or the studio was like we really think you should try though and then it was like no we knew we knew how this would go the whole time like i don't know yeah yeah and i guess it's just one of those things where like you know they they must have had so much fun making that first movie they must have been so proud of it and so like i get i i get you want to try it again i get why you do but- it but I, I wish they had made a different movie. Like, just make another thing like that. Yeah, that would be cool. Or, like, I really think you need to get Jane uh, Jane Levy back. Um, yeah. Uh, because I she's, think that's, that's where... Th- that's where the heart of the movie was. Um, I'm curious to see where her character is now because she really did have a strong character in that movie. And I would be, I would be curious to see how someone uh, who already knows about what the blind man is capable of um, interacts with him again. And ditto, ditto for him, how he's going to interact with her knowing their history together. Whereas this ends up just being, a repeat of the first movie um 
but like without actually remaking the the suspense and tension of that first movie there's a moment here like halfway through the movie where one of the the goons i think it's the one with bleach blonde hair which slicked back long and and shaved sides just like total caricature of a of a villain um and he says something like in surprise he goes the guy's a navy seal I think that's what I opened the podcast with. It's the only quote yeah. I wrote down. And I wrote it down because it's it's ridiculous and it's it's said as if it's like a reveal, but we know that he's a Navy SEAL who can kick their asses. And I get that these characters are only learning it in this moment, but I don't think that that is something that's worth waiting until the middle of the movie to have these characters notice when we're not actually going to... Um, do that much with these characters and give them the same growth that the protagonist in the first movie did. Like a lot of this movie just feels like a cold open to me where you just have random uh, protagonist characters who then quickly get off. And then we, then we move on to the actual hook of the movie where something more substantial is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess they did make another movie and it was Texas Chainsaw 2022. So mixed mixed results, I guess. The more you talk about it, the more I'm like, do I need to watch that movie again? (laughs) (laughs) Like genuinely, the more I'm like, did I just, how fucking, like, was I wrong? I genuinely, you have gotten me starting to wonder if I was wrong. (laughs) I'd love to watch it with you. I was... I if think I there's was more wrong, to I would it. be very wrong because I fucking hated it. <laughs> That's true. I think there's there's more to it than than this movie, and I think it like maybe you you wouldn't change your mind. I just think there's something to be said that you hate that movie because it. I think it took those big swings. I don't think this movie really takes big swings. No, it doesn't at all. Like I. I didn't enjoy watching either, but I am more interested in a movie like Texas Chainsaw than I am this mm. for that reason. Yeah. At least it's trying something. I might not like it, but it's better than this. Just a less interesting, less well-executed version of something that we already have that's better and more compelling. I to- I totally agree. Yeah. So I think uh a third one, you know, I guess if they bring Jane Levy back, I'll have to go see it cuz I I've, I've said I'm down now, but if it's just another uh blind man takes on a group of bad guys i i don't know that i'm i don't Can he know take that I'm manhattan down. may i'd be more down if he took manhattan to be honest streams going to new york put the don't breathe new york um just put everything oh, in new york that would be awesome the title could be don't breathe comma scream Ooh, like a crossover movie like this is yeah. like the freddy versus jason of don't breathe and scream oh dude we need a blind <laughs> ghost face come on well, because, okay, actually, I'm thinking about this now because Ghostface is all voice, right? You could fuck with it. Like, the visual element is irrelevant right. to the blind man. But yeah. you have, like, you could have multiple ghost faces. So it's, like, this same voice coming from, like, multiple different parts of the room. And it's, like, disorienting because you're, like, how is that happening? There's something to this. There's something here. Yeah, talk about the greatest sequel idea Sam Raimi has ever heard. Come on, <laughs> so, book it, Sam. Somebody call Sam. <laughs> somebody get Sam on the phone. <laughs> um, yeah, man, tough, tough scene. This one. Yeah, yeah, a tough sell. I, uh, I had hope, and and it it ended up being a pretty pretty much Dashed. what you thought it was going to be, but but again, not entirely what you thought it was going to be because like it didn't. 
it didn't it wasn't as gross as it could have been with that as the as Honestly, the hook. I would have respected it more if it were grosser cuz it yeah. a that's what I was thinking but b like at least like they fucking went for it, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah. At least and they I, like really doubled tripled down. I don't know. Oh man, like that whole action scene at the end near the pool um with like the red lighting. Yeah, it's I like thought cool that was set piece. Oh man, I thought that was terrible. I I I I thought it was so confusing like I could never yeah. really tell what was happening. It doesn't um, make sense, but I'm like I get why you thought this was a good idea. Mm, but Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just I don't know. Go watch if you want a good pool scene in your movie, go watch uh two other movies we've already mentioned today, which are It Follows and Cat People. True, true. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Don't Breathe, I I still think it's worth watching. You should really really some watch of it cuz yeah. it's it's really worth it's it like experience. when when I finished Don't Breathe too, I said to my partner, I said, "Oh, I honestly I'm sorry about that. That was that was kind of lame." Um and uh I would st- I, I still think you'd really like the first one cuz it's when when I read her the plot and I said, "Man, this isn't actually doesn't tell you like why the first one is all that good i think the plot of this one is sort of the opposite when i heard you read the plot at the beginning of the episode i was like that that sounds kind of cool um but i think the structuring of this movie just doesn't make it happen yeah so what are you gonna do they can't all be winners you can't we can't win them all we tried and, and at least we know i feel better that we know now that i can say how I how I feel about Don't Breathe Two as opposed to just speculating about what it might be like with uh with him as the as the main guy. Yeah. You know what is coming up though that can maybe wash this palette? What is it? Cleanse this palette. It's fucking Christmas. Whoo! December. Next podcast coming to you live. You're hearing this on November 30th. We have narrowly missed doing five Christmas movies narrowly missed doing five christmas movies dang what are um, we doing six yeah we're actually doing eight christmas is that a month's work uh we're doing four mm. um and mitch is picking he's not here um in the group chat that we have he's given us like three options but he's only really definitively said one of them so i'm gonna choose to choose from his choices and go with the first thing that he said uh which means that we are going to watch the star wars holiday special okay is this a movie so this aired on i believe it aired on tv and it's sort of like a variety show okay um there's a segment with b arthur playing a robot who cooks things um Mark Hamill looks coked out of his fucking mind in it. Wow. Um, yeah, or no, uh, pardon me. Car- uh, Carrie Fisher looks coked out of his mind, or her mind. Jeez Louise, names. Um, it's like a very strange, there's like a fake instructional video portion. I've never seen it in full, but I've seen a lot of pieces of it because it's like infamously bad. Um. It seems like one of those things that's funner in theory than it is in the practice of actually viewing it, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, um, and the podcast episode will be very fun. Don't worry. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. It's for it's all for the it's all for the content. Okay, uh, yeah, so sweet. Christmas. We're finally Christmas getting the Star Wars on the podcast, eh? I guess this is the first Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 
we do keep saying eventually we'll do a Marvel movie. I guess we'll have to do that someday soon too. Maybe not soon, but someday. It's <laughs> so well, a lot we, of choices for those. We've had to have done some sort of like superhero thing, right? Have I don't think that? so. I don't think wow. so. I think we've been consciously kind of avoiding it. Hmm. I don't think because like we feel pompous, but I think it's just like you kind of know what you're in for with a lot of it. Yeah, there really needs to be a good reason, I think. And also, like, a lot of them aren't forgettable sequels. I know that hasn't stopped us before, but, again, we'd, we'd have to have a really good reason. Like, yeah, a at lot some of point, like I'll probably, I'll probably just... Yeah. At some point, I'll probably just pick, like, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, because... Because fuck it. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to watch Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Is that the one with Careful, He's a Hero? When they're um, carrying the subway train, is that Spider-Man 2? Oh, yeah, yeah, the subway train, yeah. yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not what we're watching, but someday. <laughs> uh, Mitch isn't here, so no, no hijinks. Uh, do, do you have anything you want to plug? I've got a film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can see what I what I say about movies, what I rate them. Uh, the username is Graham the Mallow. Uh, yeah, you can catch me on Twitter and Letterboxd as well at Mr. Corey Price, and uh, you can listen to a few other podcasts that I do. Uh, MK Podcast with our friend Neil about Mortal Kombat, ephemera, television shows, comic books, and various other things. We're expanding slowly but surely um, as uh, we reach the bottom of the Mortal Kombat well for the time being. Uh, Strat 2 is a podcast that I do about Formula 1. Uh, we've got a couple new episodes now that the season is wrapped up. That's with our friend Callum. You can find all of those things linked at uh, the website that I own, MortalKombatConquest.ca. <laughs> uh with all that out of the way, thank you once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and what city we should send the blind man to. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, We'll catch you next week for the holiday season and a celebration of Life Day in the Star Wars Christmas special. Holiday special. Christmas special. Holiday special. There's a war on Christmas. They called it the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> they made another one. <laughs>